Hello and welcome to Detox for Vibrant Health. I'm your host, Jessica Green. Thank you for joining. Environmental toxins can come from a number of places and today I'm going to be touching on um, GMOs and herbicides, uh, molds, flame retardants, plasticizers, and air pollution. I'm also going to end up touching on EMFs as well, electromagnetic frequencies, and that tends to be kind of a, a newer thing that we're starting to experience more as um, you know, 5G starts to roll out for cell phones, more and more cell phone towers come up, there's more Wi-Fi um, available all over the place, free Wi-Fi. Uh, so we'll talk about that too. But let's start with GMOs and herbicides. Now, um, you know, GMOs, uh, the thing about this is GMOs are essentially designed so that um, growers can spray more insecticides and herbicides on their plants. And so um, one of those, uh, and, and I should also say that GMOs are kind of um, a novel, they create novel proteins, right? And these novel proteins are not something that our body is necessarily um, able to really process, to really use. And so this, this gets to be a bit of a burden on our digestive system and 70% of our immune system live in our digestive system. So that's, that's one hit. But when you add in things like uh, glyphosate, which I'm sure you've heard plenty of, uh, Monsanto has um, just um, lost a lawsuit with regard to glyphosate uh, exposure. In a, in a case recently, and glyphosate, along with other insecticides like um, BT corn, for instance, it's a corn that has insecticide built into it. These things reduce our digestive enzymes and causes a greater insult on our cells. And um, there are other ingredients, though, in things like Roundup. It's not just the glyphosate, but there are other active ingredients or even considered inactive ingredients, but they're petroleum-based um, products, and petroleum-based products don't work well with our physiology at all. It, as I said, it reduces digestive enzymes uh, specifically, and so this is really hard on our um, gut health and gut bacteria. Next is molds. Uh, specifically, I'm going to talk about aflatoxins. Aflatoxins are a mold commonly found, found in grains and legumes. And um, what they do is they impact uh, our ability to produce glutathione, which is a master detoxer. So when we're exposed to these molds, uh, we have more difficulty detoxing. Uh, from environmental toxins. These uh, aflatoxins can also stimulate an autoimmune response, which is really key here. Uh, and next, I wanted to touch on flame retardants. I'll go back and, and talk a little bit about what you could do to um, reduce your exposure in this uh, as well. We'll go through that at the very end. 
Next one I want to talk about is flame retardants. These are another toxin that we're often exposed to every day. Uh, they could be in uh, bedding, they could be in children's clothing, uh, upholstered furniture often will have flame retardants. Uh, even our mattresses can have flame retardants. And um, these flame retardants have been found, they're a hormone disruptor, first of all. And uh, they can be found um, in uh, mother's milk. Um, children are being exposed to them. Babies are exposed to them through their mother, uh, as well as the environment. And hormone disruption is uh, kind of a key part of a lot of different autoimmune disorders. Next, I want to talk about plasticizers. You know, you see often uh, BPA, uh, which is an endocrine disruptor, um, BPA-free, um, you know, cans or packaging. The problem is, is that uh, BSA is the product that's being used to replace BPA, and unfortunately, it's worse. And we're not going to hear much about it until there's enough complaints about the impact, the health impact of this product. But um, what this does is it can bind, it's an endocrine disruptor, and it could bind to um, our body's protein, um, and it causes, uh, when it binds to our protein, it actually uh, helps to our body to know that they should attack that cell. And so you're getting uh, your cells, your own cells tagged with this uh, protein or this endocrine disruptor, and then your cells are being attacked. So it's, uh, it's definitely yet another cause for autoimmune conditions because autoimmune conditions are often the body is attacking itself, but really it's a trying to attack you know, something else that's there, right? It's not necessarily that it really wants to attack its own body. It just wants to attack the thing that just attached to it. Uh, and then I'd like to touch on air pollution a little bit, air quality. Um, you know, air pollutants can cause autism, cardiovascular disease, asthma. It's even been contributed, uh, attributed to diabetes and, um, and also uh, obesity. And air quality or air pollution can include things like heavy metals, petrochemicals, even aluminum particulates. And, um, and so this is another thing that we want to be really aware of. And now most of what I've described here are things that are bioaccumulative. They accumulate in our fat cells. So over time, we accumulate these toxins in our body. And you could just imagine that bucket that I described earlier getting filled up and then overflowing. When our body can't keep up with the detoxing effort, uh, then that's when you start to see more and more disease happen. Uh, now, the last one that I want to touch on is EMFs or electromagnetic frequencies. And... These are kind of close to my heart uh, because more and more people are starting to show signs of um, sensitivity to electromagnetic frequencies and we're getting more and more inundated 
and exposed to a variety of frequencies, radio frequencies, Wi-Fi, tons of Wi-Fi. Um, cell towers are popping up all over, and when 5G rolls out, we're going to see you know, just an incredible exponential growth of um, exposure to these frequencies. And then there's also dirty electricity that can happen in your house from uh, faulty wiring. And so with this, um, we're, we're seeing sort of, um, I don't know, I guess you could call them canaries in a coal mine. People have died from uh, EMF exposure. And it's not very many of them, but it has been happening slowly but surely, and it's starting to get worse and worse as we get more exposure to these different things. Um, and so what I'll do next is I'll talk about some tips that you could use to start to reduce some of your exposure to these environmental toxins. So we started out talking about GMOs and herbicides like glyphosate, Bt corn. Um, so the first thing to do to help you reduce the amount of toxins that you put into your body is you could buy um, organic foods. And it's very, very important. Organic foods. Uh, so when you buy organic foods, you could also look out for uh, your local farmer's markets where maybe they're a little bit less processed or maybe not washed in chlorine because a lot of uh, grocery store produce and fruits and vegetables, they could be uh, washed in advanced with uh, plenty of chlorine. And that's an, another um, uh, chemical that attacks your thyroid. It reduces your thyroid function. So um, just starting out with that, also looking for foods, animal proteins that are organic. Uh, better yet, if they're pasture-raised and organic. Next one is mold. So aflatoxins, we talked about uh, legumes and grains, and it's common for these foods to have aflatoxins. And the challenges with that is that not Every single batch is going to have aflatoxins in it. But uh, if you're feeling like you might be getting some exposure to aflatoxins and you would like to um, check this, you can uh, cut out your grains from your diet and go for more of a paleo diet. And you could cut out legumes, which is also consistent with a paleo diet. Uh, and when you search for coffees, for instance. Um, coffee can also have aflatoxins. And unless the batches are tested regularly, you wouldn't know if you were being exposed to them, except for those symptoms, those mystery symptoms that we talked about earlier. So uh, you can check out uh, Bulletproof Coffee. That's one of the coffees that I like to have. And uh, they test for toxins like aflatoxins regularly. We also talked about flame retardants. You know, with regard to bedding and children's clothes, um, you know, going organic with your um, those items can be helpful for sure. You can also, um, you know, check with the manufacturer to see if they've been tested. There's different uh, eco certifications as well 
that you could look out for. Um, I know some of the clothes that I get for my daughter uh, have eco on them, E-K-O, and that indicates a certain level of um, social responsibility and sustainability. They're also uh, not um, treated with flame retardants. And uh, organic clothing tends to not be treated with flame retardants. And then, of course, organic bedding, because we spend so much time in our bed. Uh, having organic bedding that's not treated in flame retardants, super important. If you have a mattress that you're not sure of being treated with flame retardants, you could get a protective cover for it so that your body isn't actually touching uh, the material. And that could help reduce your exposure to that. So that could be something like an organic uh, topper. Um, it, what I use is an organic topper that has a little bit of a, a feather cover on it and then it's wrapped in organic cotton. Um, we talked a little bit about plasticizers, specifically BPA and BSA. Uh, both of them are, are bad. So the way that you avoid these is that you steer clear of canned goods uh, and you also tend to want to stay away from any packaged goods because even those boxes, um, you know, boxes, soda cans, uh, other kind of cans, any kind of plastic containers, uh, these can all have BPA or a BPA liner in them. So a safe bet is to go with uh, glass containers instead. Uh, glass jars of tomato sauce, for instance, as opposed to cans uh, is great. Going for glass bottles of bubbly water is another option. And then, of course, not drinking any uh, water out of a plastic bottle that's been in a warm car. And finally, I think it's really important to note that if you have a blender, for instance, and it's got a plastic container, try not, don't put anything warm in it. Don't try to blend your soups. You know, I know some recipes call for putting your soup in a blender to blend it, uh, but instead try to use a handheld immersion blender uh, that's metal. So that way you avoid some of that plastic um, contamination. With regard to air pollution, you know, you can't control the air that you breathe outside, but you can control the air that you breathe inside. So there's a couple of strategies to help reduce toxins indoors. One of them is to leave your shoes at the door because when you're walking around outside, the bottom of your shoe is collecting all sorts of things. It's collecting insecticides and herbicides and pesticides and uh, it's, sorry, pesticides and insecticides. They're pretty much the same. And uh, it's also collecting uh, heavy metals, um, petrochemicals, all, just all sorts of things. Also, it's collecting, you know, different uh, feces from a variety of animals um, you get the picture. It's not very pretty and you definitely don't want to be tracking that inside your house, especially if you have small children uh, or if you have any rugs or carpets that you say do yoga on. Uh, leave your shoes at the door. The next thing is to dust often because dust is like a magnet to particulates, outdoor particulates. 
And so um, you'll notice this, it's really more apparent when you live in uh, a city environment or if you're close to a major road that has uh, you know, any truck traffic or diesel traffic, you'll notice that there's a layer of dust that collects by your window and it'll be black and sometimes a little shiny. And uh, this is just a really obvious indication that you know there's heavy metal particulates that have just floated in and attached to dust particulates in your house. So dust often. The last thing is to look for a really good quality air filter. I prefer a HEPA filter with um, uh, a carbon filter. That helps with the particulates. It also helps with some of the VOCs and molds. Uh, there's so many different air filters on the market. And of course, if you have a forced air heating system, be sure to replace the filter on the return air often as as needed and I would say don't go for every six months look for every three months or so because you know things could get pretty clogged up and you don't want that stuff floating back into your house. Finally I'd like to talk about uh, EMFs and how to reduce your exposure to those. So EMFs, uh, you know, one of the, and some of the easiest things, and this is what I'm going to describe to you today, some of the easiest things to do with regard to reducing EMF exposure is to turn your Wi-Fi off at night. Super simple. Uh, if you can, you could even put it on a timer. Now, I know, um, you know, some people have that ability. Others, you know, you just have to turn it off at the switch. Uh, we just turn it off at night manually. Uh, another thing that you could do is if you use your cell phone as a um, alarm clock at your bedside table, be sure to turn it on to airplane mode. Uh, also, uh, don't charge your cell phone or any other electronic device at your bedside table. Charge it away from your bedside table. Uh, another thing that you could do is when you do get ready for bed or if you're not using uh, your computer or an iPad, be sure to turn it on wi uh, airplane mode. Just turn off the Wi-Fi because even though it might not be connecting to your Wi-Fi device, it's going to be looking for others, uh, other people's Wi-Fi devices. And so it's constantly singing out, uh, sending out little pinging messages to try to see who's out there. Um, and uh, another thing that you can try, if you really want to take it one step further, you could try, and this is regard to uh, dirty electricity, potential exposure to dirty electricity, is you could try turning off your um, switches and your sockets uh, from your electrical panel. So every room should have uh, its own switch on the electric panel. And when you turn that off, you're basically cutting power to your bedroom lights and also your bedroom uh, outlets. And so you might see quite a bit of a difference for those. Um, and I, I guess I should, I'm going to say one more thing about EMF exposure. You know, Amazon has a number of different meters and I highly recommend if you're really interested and seeing what your exposure is. There are multiple meters out there that have um, the ability to test for radio frequencies, um, 
electromagnetic smog, uh, and also um, dirty electricity. So, and they're pretty affordable. They run around $100 for um, multi-type of meter like that, a tri-meter. So that is my autoimmune environmental toxin connection talk. And I hope that you gain something from this. I am planning on going in a bit more detail in each of these different topics. But today I really wanted to plant the seed that environmental toxins are connected to autoimmune conditions. And by lowering your environmental toxin exposure, you can help reduce some of your autoimmune symptoms. If you have any questions, be sure to email me at info at jessicagreenwellness.com. And as always, you could go to my website and read up more on my blog at www.jessicagreenwellness.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Thank you and have a beautiful day.